Hello and welcome. This is Voices to Dream. And we are all about giving people a voice, letting people know that every voice counts, that there is, everyone has a story to tell, and that through dreaming, we are able to spread hope in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm Suzanne Mann, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Dr. Richard Harris. Thanks for having us. Hi. (laughs) Hello, everyone. And and tonight we have, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that we have a really interesting guest today. And I think he's going to maybe be a little bit challenging as well. We have from Queensland, Australia, David Gillespie. Thank you for joining us, David. G'day. Hi. Good to be here. It's, I'm particularly thrilled to have David. Uh, he's been a, an absolute um, mentor and guru to me. The amount of times I've said to my patients, read this chap's book, this is potentially going to change your life. Um, is, is a, I've done it a lot in, in my last 10 years. And my daughter handed me uh, David's book 12 years ago. Uh, I was about to go on holidays and... Uh, I read it and suddenly things made a whole lot of sense. And it was, I thought it was a brilliant analysis and really changed my perspective on, uh, you know, the origins of atherosclerosis, for instance. And I think uh, David crystallized for a lot of people and made simple um, for a lot of people. Uh, So look, a wonderful guest and thanks so much for coming and joining us today, David. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Now, David is going to, well, you're going to ask David about his background. I mean, it's quite a, a transition from what you were doing, David, to, uh, to where you are now and what you've achieved. Can you maybe, can you run us through a little bit about yourself and, and your background? Mm, okay. Uh, so I'm uh, not qualified to write about any of the things that I write about, Um uh, I'm not a nutritionist, a doctor, a psychologist, um, any of the above. Uh, and in fact, I'm, most people would say I'm not qualified to write about anything because my day job is is, is a lawyer, um, and it's the one thing I don't write about. Um, so, uh, and I think that's a good thing because uh, one of the things I think I can bring to the things that I write about is uh, the outsider's view. I, I can't get fired for what I say about sugar uh, or about uh, polyunsaturated fats or about psychopaths or, um, you know, anything else that I write about. So uh, I get to just go where the evidence takes me. Uh, And it was that kind of interest in what the evidence was saying that I guess led me to write Sweet Poison in the first place. Um, I had, like most Australian men, uh, spent most of my life getting fatter. Um, and uh, I'm of a body type where, you know, I just have to, you know, uh, read the label on a packet of Tim Tams and I'll gain five kilos. Um, So, uh, you know, I was getting pretty good at putting on weight, Uh, and um, we had four kids under the age of eight, I think, and then my wife rather inconsiderately announced that we were having twins, and I... (laughs) in my massively overweight state, uh, wasn't uh, 
I wasn't coping with the four kids we had, let alone adding twin babies to the mix. And I would be dealing with the four kids because twins would be taking her out of the mix for a fair old time um, because she's always breastfed all of our kids for the first year of their lives. So uh, breastfeeding twins is is a full-time job. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I thought to myself, you know what, um, I've got to do something about this inexorable increase in weight. Um and it's not like I hadn't tried anything up to that point. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd done what everyone had done. I'd, I'd seen the stories on the television about the cabbage soup diet or the, you know, don't eat bread diet or whatever you want to call it. I, I'd seen them all and I tried them all and they all worked. Uh, they all worked for exactly as long as my willpower held out, which in my case was about two weeks. Uh, I don't have much willpower. So in those two weeks, um, I would lose about a kilo a week and all good, but I would be hating every single second of it. And I would be fighting against uh, my body's desire to eat again. And I thought this can't be right. This, this can't be the way it's supposed to work. How come we're the only animal on the planet that requires a manual intervention via willpower to control our weight? Every other animal does it automatically. It eats exactly as much as it needs to maintain its energy balance. Um, and I thought, well, you know, it's the 21st century. We must know the answer to this by now. And I went looking for the answers. And I thought, so I started with the official health advice, which was eat less fat. Um, mm -hmm. Apparently on the theory that um, fat makes us fat. Uh, it turns out that that's about as true as eating cucumbers makes us green. Um, but it's the it was the dominant thing it still is yeah. today uh yeah. and i went looking for the evidence behind that and what i found uh is that there isn't any yeah. uh there's a bunch of guesswork uh there's a bunch of obvious assumptions um and it all boiled down to a really stupid thing yeah. which was well fat has nine gram nine calories per gram and protein and carbohydrates has four calories per gram. Therefore, gram for gram, fat will make you fatter than car carbohydrates or protein. Yeah. Yes, it really was that stupid. Mm -hmm. um, and there was no science to it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, in, in looking at all of that, that was all pretty disheartening. But what I found is that there was actually an entirely different line of science that had not become the mainstream thinking started by a fellow by the name of John Yudkin, who was the first um, professor of human nutrition ever in the world. Uh, and also the first one for the London school of nutrition um, started just after the second world war. And he didn't buy any of that because unlike everybody else who was spouting nonsense, he'd actually tried to make lab animals fat by feeding them fat um, and it didn't work. So he thought, well, you know what? Let's try some other things. Maybe there's a metabolic process here. Maybe it's not just maths. Um, and what he found was that sugar was an extremely effective way to make lab, lab animals fat. Uh, better than that, he wanted to narrow down knowing that sucrose or table sugar is two molecules of sugar, fructose and glucose. He wanted to know, well, he theorized that if glucose was the problem, we had a very big problem because he knew that we were a machine designed to run on glucose as our primary fuel source. So he thought, well, it must be the other half of sugar. It must be the fructose part. Mm. Um, and he did experiments to prove it, and he did prove it. 
couldn't make animals fat with glucose, but he could with fructose. Yeah. Um, and he didn't know a lot of what we know today. A lot of the science that proved his theories didn't happen until the 80s, 90s, and noughties. Mm. Um, but in essence, he was absolutely correct, uh, which was that it was fructose via metabolic dysfunction that was making humans fat. And the bad news was that making humans fat was the least of what it did, mm. the very least. Uh, in fact, if that's all it did, it would be irrelevant. Mm. It might be relevant to Instagram models, but everybody else could safely get on with their lives and not care about it at all. Um, having discovered all that, I thought, I'm going to try this. I'm yeah. going to try removing fructose. Easier said than done, I discovered, mm-hmm. um, because uh, I thought removing fructose meant not adding tea, sugar to your tea or coffee. Mm. Um, but in fact, what it meant was reading a lot of labels, discovering that everything in our food supply is full of it, um, and having to r- substantially change everything I ate. Um, so you didn't have a lot of in the oddest in the oddest ways. You uh, well, I was in the oddest ways. Yeah, no. Well, there wasn't any popular literature. Uh, the uh, just before uh, Sweet Poison came out, way too late for to be helpful to me. Robert Lustig, uh, who's uh, quite a nice chap uh, in the United States, who I've subsequently met, um, put out a video. Um, you know, he's a pediatrician, um, and he put out a video, essentially saying, "Yeah, look, fructose is the culprit, and here's the science that proves it." Um, by then, I'd already done all the science, and so that was remarkably unhelpful yeah. <laughs> of him to come out with that just before I published the book, not uh, before I started writing it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, that was it. That was it for popular media at the time. Now, that that YouTube video, very dry video of him mm-hmm. explaining the science on fractose, mm-hmm. has had some enormous number of hits on it now yeah. Um, yeah. As, as people have, have gotten their heads around this problem. But at the time, there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, and I would explain this to people and, and who would notice because I lost 40 kilos by not eating sugar and yeah. uh, and remarkably for me, have kept it off since then. Now, you're looking at me and thinking, well, geez, he doesn't look like Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. It just yeah. takes you to the weight your body's going to yeah. be, um, yeah. but it keeps it there. Yeah. It, it means that you no longer do what I had spent the first 35 years of my life doing, which was struggling against the fact that my weight would increase every every minute of every day. Um, whereas now it doesn't. Yeah, uh, It's just normal. I, I eat when I'm hungry. I don't eat when I'm not. Mm. And everything's fine. Um, the, so, you, so you wrote Sweet yeah. Poison, David. And, and yeah. what, do you, what, what, what do you think you've achieved with that? Like in terms of turning around thinking and where do you see that as having had an impact? Well, thinking has, thinking has definitely changed. Now, whether it's, you know, me that's done it or somebody else or mm. whatever, I, I don't much care, honestly, mm. it, it, the, but the thinking has changed. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, you, you know, when Sweet Poison came out, the, I had the Heart Foundation putting out press releases telling people that I was a dangerous maniac, essentially. Mm. Um, so I had cardiologists mm. getting on radio shows to debate me mm. um, about how wrong I was. Mm. Now, that's all changed. Right. Um, uh, you got to remember at the time, the Heart Foundation was making quite a lot of money out of handing out ticks to products, mm. and their tick formula did not have sugar in it at all, yeah. which meant that they gave ticks to Milo 
a product yeah. which is pure sugar wow. that they gave ticks to you know mm. fruit bars that are nothing but sugar yeah. um yeah. and and when this was publicly pointed out by me they weren't best pleased about it which is mm. why i guess they had a campaign against me but they weren't the mm. only ones dietitians actively oh, yeah. uh worked against me sure. actively yeah. at every turn uh, not that I mind. I mean, mm. there's nothing worse in life than publishing a book that everybody ignores. Uh, <laughs> you know, you want a good fight. It, it yeah. tells you you're on the right track. Yeah. Uh, but the interesting thing was it has changed. It didn't change overnight. It didn't change even in a year. Yeah. I guess there's that famous quote of Bill Gates, which says nothing changes in a year and everything changes in 10 years. Mm. Mm. Um, and that's about what's happened. I mean, now it's pretty accepted. You are not going to get much fight from anybody mm. um, in the medical or dietetics community yeah. if you go out there and say sugar is a bad thing and you should not be consuming sure. it. Mm. Um, a lot of people, I mean, it, it, the official dietary advice, by the way, has not changed. Mm. Um, but the man on the street advice probably has. Mm. There's still cardiologists that are going on about uh, saturated fats. And you know, I think that's a really good marker of someone you shouldn't go anywhere near with a barge pole, honestly. Um, because uh, look, I I, I couldn't be certain to, and I I said this in Sweet Poison about heart disease, sugar is implicated, um, definitely. Uh, is it the primary driver? I'm not so certain. Mm. I think seed oils probably are a bigger factor, um, but certainly sugar and seed oils together in your diet is a really effective way to give yourself heart disease if the cancer doesn't kill you first. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, you're making life easy for moms, aren't you? <laughs> I'm sure there's some dads out wow. there as well, but as a mother of three, I'm thinking, wow, that's, yeah. <laughs> Cause I must say, I'll tell you tonight, David, I made, I was making fried rice, which ended up being buggy, yeah. but that's a different story. I, I actively, because I knew we were talking to you, I looked at the ingredients yeah. and the second ingredient on every sauce I tried to use, like soy sauce, oyster sauce, mm. mirin, um, well, sweet chili. I sort of expected yeah. that one. The second ingredient on all of them was sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that actually possible. blew my mind a bit. Yeah, well, it's even worse because it is actually possible in most food categories to find a brand that doesn't do that. Um, you've just got to find it. It's, it's, it's like a little treasure hunt in the supermarket. <laughs> uh, I did put out a book back in 2016, which I haven't updated and I really must because people constantly ask for me for it, where I went through every category mm-hmm. and found it found the brand that you should buy. Um, I'm I'm more focused now on seed oils. So I I am doing a series at the moment on my Facebook page where I do that for seed oils because it's harder. Um, With sugar, at least it is actually labelled. You can see a line there that says sugar and the amount per 100 grams. And there's a pretty easy rule of thumb, which is if it's more than three per 100, put it back. Um, It's that easy. Seed oils is much, much harder than that. Mm. I noticed actually, because I saw your post, I think it was was either yesterday or today, in regards to the CCs versus one of the yeah, um, yeah, yeah. one of the Coles the, brand uh, ones, the that's free right, from. The, the free from, yes. yes yeah, yeah, and I, I must admit, again, I looked at that and I went, seriously, I would not have picked that. I, I am that person who goes, yeah. oh, it's free from. Yeah, that, that must be better yeah. for me. It's got a lot of good stuff on the front of the label, but you really yeah. have to read the fine print. Yeah, oh, gosh. 
there's a lot of homework that's going to be. <laughs> Sorry, we went way talk. off track there. And we've probably ruined your whole script as well. So yeah, anyway. Talk about whatever. The the um the theory I've had is that you know if you're a skinny person, you're kind of eating between ten and twenty grams of sugar a day. If you're a massively obese person, you're kind of on. 150, 200 grams of sugar plus a day just to kind of maintain the overeating and the addiction. Do you kind of mm. subscribe to that, the scale type thing? That's my little personal theory of obesity. Um, I, have not, I haven't really thought about it, honestly. Um, it, I, I think it's probably got a lot to do with um, the genetic type you are. The, the body type you are is the body type you are. And, and all sugar is going to do is, is magnify whatever is already going on. Um, so there, everybody knows people who, you know, who, who could eat the entire contents of a supermarket and, and not gain a gram. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, they have an evolved body type, which is not particularly good at converting food to, a, to stored energy. Um, um, you know, and, and there are other people who, um, as I said, can read the packet read the label and gain mm. weight yeah. um what fructose does is it takes whatever your standard body type is uh, and and accelerates and magnifies that and mm. and so if you're a person who's prone to put on a bit of weight if you get into the carbs eating sugar will make that go much much faster and quicker uh, you know you'll have a huge effect if you're a person who wouldn't put on weight no matter how much uh, of anything you ate then the amount of sugar you eat probably wouldn't make any difference to your weight. Mm. But as I said, the, the least of the concerns with sugar is weight. Uh, the, weight is just a visible symptom for a certain body type. And that body type is about probably 70 to 80% 70 of the population. Um, but it, it's kind of irrelevant because the fructose does damage at a different level to 100% of the population, mm. which is... The fructose is metabolized directly to fat in the liver, uh, enters circulation as fat. And we have absolutely no controls over that process mm. because we evolved in an environment where fructose was extremely rare and there was no need for us to evolve a control for fructose. Mm. We have excellent controls for fat, fantastic controls for glucose, our two primary energy sources. Um, you know, that will stop us on a dime when we've got enough energy on board. Fructose is completely invisible to both of those systems. Yeah. Can I just ask it? So I'm going to ask a layperson's question to the vascular surgeon in the room. So <laughs> with all of this, though, and I know this is, yeah, we're getting a bit off topic, but with all of this, by eating the fats then and taking the, the sugar part out of the diet, is that doing something else though to your cholesterol or to your arteries and you well, know filling so you up with other there, there still is a lot of controversy about that but um there is pretty reasonable evidence that if you're eating high fructose diets and poor quality processed food diets you're going to be getting into the bad types of cholesterol and people are only just starting to research the different types. It's not just LDL and HDL, but it's different types of LDL and HDL. And um, so, yeah, it's not as not so simple. But there, are, I mean, there are people that argue that um, if you replace saturated fats with polyunsaturated fats, you have less heart disease. I mean, but they're, they're, I don't think they're great quality studies. 
there's so much controversy well, it's also, about all, all of these all, things. But there, there shouldn't be any controversy. It, mecha mechanically, it's nonsense. Um, it, it's it really is. It, it's oxidized LDL is the culprit when it comes mm -hmm. to heart disease. Um, and you might say, well, where do you get oxidized LDL from? Well, um, you need the LDL for starters. Um, you need small dense um, LDL particles. Um, Just and so that's you guys exactly know, the... you're saying LDL. I have no idea. What you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're okay. little things. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I would have just kept saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, so and, it's, it's, it's and when you're saying where you get the LDL from, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. So are we talking about yeah. avocado? Basically, discovering <laughs> different types of these things that float around in your blood that yeah. have bad effects on you. So these oxidized yeah. LDLs are probably the most dangerous. And so if you're eating trans fats, the so what, worst types of fats yeah, you're going to so get. All I want to know is what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's bring it back to that. Um, <laughs> the 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 really best place to get oxidized LDL is to eat something that contains sugar and polyunsaturated fat. The sugar delivers the small, dense LDL and the polyunsaturated fat delivers the oxidation. Is this why, so, and so don't, oh, sorry, something's just happened to our screen there. Donuts are one of the first, um, one of the worst things to eat. If, far, if they're fried in seed oil, if you're frying them in animal fat, they're fine. Unfortunately, no one fries them in animal fat anymore. Right. Okay. Well, so, you've got the so sweet it, end there. lard is a thing of the past, yeah. but that would be a good. Thing oh to, gosh. Okay. Uh, but no, no. See, this I think is one of the the greatest um, uh, crimes against humanity committed by the health hierarchy, is convincing people like McDonald's to switch from cooking in animal fat in two thousand and four, mm -hmm. which they'd done entirely up until 2004 to switching over to seed oils after 2004. KFC did exactly the same thing in 2012. Everywhere has done it by now. And they do it because the Heart Foundation tells them it's healthy. Is it's olive oil a seed opposite. oil? No, olive oil is a fruit oil. Okay. No. Yeah, so okay. let's talk about what a seed oil is. Uh, it, we probably don't want you try, I don't know if you want to no, do with this on this that's show good. today. No, we yeah. want you to give us our wis your wisdom, David. So it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So a seed oil is obviously a, an oil from a seed or a legume. Uh, it's just easier to call a seed oil than a seed and legume oil. But so soybeans, um, mm. um, sunflower oh. seeds, canola seeds, corn mm. oil, um, almond oil, uh, Safflower oil. Have mm. I missed any big ones? No. Um, grape seed. Yeah, all uh, grape well, seed oil, uh, hemp, mm. hemp seed oil. Mm. Uh, you know, whole bunch. If if it's a seed and it creates an oil, then in all probability it's extremely bad for you because it has a very high level of omega six fat. Won't go into why that matters just yet, uh, but that's what a seed oil is. Um, fruit oils, olive oil, coconut oil, palm oil, are all fine. They have a fat profile, which is very, very similar. I've got to... one thing right. Those, those are the ones we're <laughs> eating at home. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the trouble is not so much the oil that we add, which is relatively very, very small uh, amount. Uh, it's like the sugar you add to your tea. If you think that deleting sugar means not putting sugar in your tea, then you're way wrong. And it's the same with oil. Um, most of the oil we consume uh, is already in our food. Uh, so almost everything on the supermarket shelf has serious amounts of seed oil added to it. Um, so that example I gave of the difference between the CC's uh, corn chips and the I'm free from corn chips, the difference between the two is the fat that they're cooked in. Um, so the CC's are cooked in palm oil. The others are cooked in, um, I think, sunflower oil. Uh, so 
and that changes the amount of polyunsaturated fat and therefore the amount of oxidized LDL circulating in their system. It gets quite complicated to educate people about all of these subtleties, though, doesn't mm. it? I mean, it I mean, does. The, the oil one is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still haven't got the oil one right. Look, look, yeah. look how confused I'm making you. <laughs> I think, but you know what I was thinking? I think I actually use sunflower margarine yeah, yeah no i've been that bad yeah That's, no oh, really bad. bad god here i was thinking no, butter. Margarine butter is, went out butter is a way to go butter is supposedly it actually lowers your cholesterol though no no well bad maybe it does uh but it doesn't decrease your chances of heart disease mm. no, really in bad. fact it pro- in fact on the some of the biggest reanalysis of the of that those works tell us that it probably increases your risk of heart disease by uh, just that one substitution. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some time in front of my pantry after this and my fridge and my. You've freezer. given me an idea though. Is that margarine's the next one I have to do with those comparisons? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'm already like, I'm, I'm, I'm following the, you on Facebook. I'll, I'll make sure I'm watching that every day. Is that Eat Real Food, David? Because that's the one I've been telling most people about. Yeah, Eat Real Food is, is the book. Yeah, all of this is in Eat Real Food. But all I'm doing is just bringing out a few examples okay. because it's, look, it's really tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to this day, my wife will ask me before going to the supermarket, now, hang on, what was the brand I was supposed to buy of yeah. this or that product? You know, yeah. because... It's hard to remember which are the ones that have the lower because there's nothing on the labeling that says it. Yeah. You need an app. You need an app that we can put on our phone. <laughs> That's right. That we you just, just scan walk it. Across and it's, it goes bing, puts bing, a red bing. light on. <laughs> <laughs> this one gets a tick and this one gets across. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we should we bring us back to do you want to read our yeah. have a look at our systems, our dreams part of the of oh. our podcast? So I wrote this book called Imagine David and it's where I'm the dictator of the world. So one of the things I'm passionate about and have been for the last 12 years since reading your book, um, Sweet Poison and, and others since then was, um, was trying to uh, get people healthy by, by getting rid of processed foods and sugar and, and all the rest. So part of my story, which is this bit's based in Mexico, um, is based in a little town called San Cristobal de las Casas. Beautiful place, absolutely gorgeous. So I'll just read the passage and then maybe you can give your impression and how you would like to see the world. What's your dream of, of, of the world? So in San Cristobal de las Casas, the mountain streams provided the local Sotzel peoples traditionally with pure water for drinking for many centuries. Until the day that the bubbly cola factory set up in the town 50 years ago, the soaking rains on the carefully manicured agricultural plots had given the people the organic sustenance that had kept them healthy and active on the high mountain tracks. On eye day, about three quarters of the adults and a third of the children were obese, and a half of these had diabetes. The town had many people dying in their 40s and 50s, this is actually true, of heart disease and the slower death of nerves and eyes and kidneys from rampant diabetes in the community. On eye day, the bubbly cola factory that had been established in the town just those 50 years prior was razed to the ground by the community. There was no violence to the workers or anger. There was just a final recognition of the destruction that had been wrought by the presence of that enterprise within their midst. An enterprise that had in fact taken their precious mountain streams and secured for them roots of getting processed foods 
that ultimately became even part of their sacred ceremonies, bubbly cola had entered the hearts and minds and bodies of the good people of San Cristobal and made them very, very sick indeed. Such was the addiction created that people actually believed the soda could heal people and prayers over cans of cola became blended with the Catholic and Mayan culture, establishing legitimacy for the sugar that would ultimately cut them down in sickness and early death. Within two months, little Jose Martinez lost eight kilos and was off the medications to lower his cholesterol and sugar. His attention span in school was now normalized. He loved that his physical abilities and strength were, was returning. His previous diet of two cans of cola a day with his donuts and cakes was just a horrid aberration of the last few years. And he was loving the traditional plant-based and organic food his family now carefully prepared. So that's my little fantasy, if you like, of, of how life would change if everyone was clever and intelligent and cooperative and their brains were working properly. And we could make decisions to, um, you know, lead these ideal lives, I guess, if you like. Right. Hmm. Uh, you could have written that about any Indigenous community in Australia. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the same issue there. And, I mean, even, uh, I mean, you would have noticed the story this week about the rheumatic um, heart disease. Um, uh, you know, the girl who was turned away from Dumaji Hospital, I think it was on 60 Minutes this week, um, who, who had rheumatic heart disease. And it's rife in Indigenous communities. And it's mostly rife in Indigenous communities because of teeth decay yeah. or tooth decay. Um, uh, you know, th that gives them strep A, um, gives them rheumatic fever, gives them rheumatic heart disease, all very easy to treat. Yeah. None of it treated. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of sugar to make sure their teeth keep decaying yeah. um and i think that's the problem here is that these lines are not drawn clearly enough and there are too many really powerful vested interests fighting against ever making them clear yeah. um and so while it's really great that people at bondi um know this stuff and no to have avocado on toast uh, instead of Nutella on toast. Um, the people that it is really, really hurting at the moment don't know it. And there is a lot of people with real money at stake in making sure they never know it. Yeah. And um, that's the bit we have to address. Yeah. Um, we've already done the bit where 20% of the population, probably the richest 20% of the population, know this stuff and avoid sugar like the plague. We need to get the other 80% over the line. Yeah. yeah. How, how do we, how do we go about educating people? Uh, you can only do it the way we're doing it now. I, my, my, you know, if you'd asked me this when Sweet Poison came out, I'd say, well, we just tell them. Uh, well, sure, uh, you can, but people need to hear it a lot um, and they need to see it a lot and they need to see your predictions about what happens come true. Um, and eventually it changes behaviour, but it is a lot slower than just telling people. I mean, Australia has been a particularly poor in, you know, from a legislative point of view, addressing these sort of issues on a community basis. 
um, say sugar taxing, even in New York or in, in, in the UK, um, they've got those sort of laws in place. Uh, but we, we had this, I have to say, Queensland marginal seats are, are a problem in this regard. Oh, our, our electoral system is a problem with all. There are seven seats in, in Australia um, that are swung by sugar votes, that are swung, swung by sugar farming. Unfortunately, those seven seats tend to swing the election. Um, you know, and um, so no one's ever going to do in the current system anything to really harm um, those electorates. And, and the really ironic thing about it is that um, 30% of those sugar farmers were growing tobacco leaves, you know, half a century ago. <laughs> um, yeah. They don't care. They're farmers. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. as long as as long as there's something that they can grow and sell for a profit, they don't, they don't much care what it is. Um, so we have to start thinking a little bit side, outside the box. And one of the ideas I've had is, well, we should be growing palms. We, we should be growing palm oil. Yeah. Palm oil is a safe, fantastic substitute for seed oils. The, comp- the, the corporations love it because they still get to call it vegetable oil. Um, uh, I would love it because it would be grown sustainably rather than destroying you know, orangutan habit- habitat mm-hmm. in Malaysia and Indonesia to do it. Um, and Queensland has the perfect climate for it. Yeah. Get rid of the sugarcane, replace it with palm oil crops that make more money uh, and it will be better for everybody. Have you tried to implement that, David? Has that yeah. been something you've had? Any- I have talked. I have talked to some sugar farmers about that, and um, their their first objection to it is, "Yeah, good, but we need the milling facilities." They say the reason they grow sugar is because there's sugar milling capabilities, and they don't know anything about what's required for palm oil, you know, palm oil processing. And the reality is not much uh, because it's it's really peasants doing it on small land holdings in Malaysia, but um, you need a government that's prepared to take that on and say, we will put in the infrastructure necessary to convert this to a much more profitable crop um, mm. that has a real future. Sugar doesn't have a future, by the way. Mm. Um, it just doesn't know it's dead yet. Yeah, but it's been going for four or five centuries. And the, the horrible thing about it really is that it's it tastes very nice. That's well, it's addictive. Essential. I mean, it has addictive policy. I mean, it has an addictive it's characteristic. It's in this history of candy and chocolates. Well, it's addiction. Yeah. It, it's nothing more complicated than addiction. I mean, the, the last book I put out um, and the one before that, Teen Brain and Brain Reset, go into the mechanisms of addiction and, and in particular look at, um, as an example, how sugar is addictive. Uh, and even when I said that in Sweet Poison as an off-the-cuff sort of thing that I couldn't prove, um, you know, people use that to attack uh, sweet poison in general. The science has now caught up to it. It is addictive. We can prove it's addictive. We know how it's addictive. Um, and that's why it's in our food supply. If they could put heroin in our food supply and get away with it, they would. Next best thing is sugar. Is there, a, um, I mean, one of the practical things, I can go blue in the face telling my patients that the reason you're on statins and the reason that that you've got heart and arterial disease is because you eat too much sugar and the reason you're obese and you can't walk and you're getting osteoarthritis. Um, but it, the, the behaviour change is so hard. So only a small percentage of my patients have been convinced by me. I've probably had more success convincing people to stop smoking. But, but how, how, how much success do you think you'd have talking someone out of, um, you know, being an alcoholic or... Yeah. or- yeah, yeah. Y- you might, 
you, you might if they're sufficiently motivated, but you've got to do a lot more than talk to people to break an addiction. Sure. Um, you know, which is why, you know, in essence, I'm not a giant fan of psychology. Uh, you know, talk therapy doesn't change much. Um, uh, biochemistry changes a lot. And as soon as you understand the biochemistry that you're fighting against, then you've got a much better chance. Yeah. But in practical terms, have you got any advice for people yeah look absolutely i wrote a whole book full of advice on that um the the sweet poison quit plan which is the follow-up to sweet poison is exactly that it's meant to be a plan forget the science forget all the complicated hoo-ha what am i supposed to do tomorrow morning when i want to put nutella on my toast (laughs) that's you know and what am i supposed to do when my kids are asking to go to a party where i know they're going to eat their body weight in sweets um it's that's the book that has that advice in it it is intensely practical um and it it applies to sugar actually you could apply to any addiction and and i kind of sort of did uh in brain reset where i talk about other addictions and and take it a little bit further and and because the science has come a little bit further since that book was written but uh, nevertheless i think it's still an excellent um if i say so myself an excellent guide to if you really want to stop eating sugar that's how you do it. Sure. 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 My goodness. <laughs> yes. But well, so seriously though, now besides reading the book, tomorrow yeah. morning, what what do I do when my kids say, What's for recess, mom? Yeah. And I look in the yeah, cupboard so- and they <laughs> and I say, Are you gonna have some carrot sticks? Because I can't give you the cookies or the hot cross bun now. Um, what do yeah. I do? Give them chips. So uh, I, chips. I would give them. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I would give them chips. The kids regard that as a treat just as much as some um, sweet things. Seriously, uh, chips. And yeah, uh, as long as they're the right chips. chips. Like and uh, chips. if you. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you look at the the post I did before, the one about corn chips, I did the one about salted um, potato chips. Uh, and there's big differences between the brands there too in terms of seed oil content. So as long as they're the right chips, um, in, in in that case, I think it was the Red Rock. Yes, it was the Red Rock Deli ones, which are the lowest uh, in polyunsaturated fats. So, um, yeah, chips is a good, good alternative. I'm writing down, um, eat <laughs> chips. <laughs> Yeah, or, I love or, chips. or any snack, <laughs> any snack that doesn't involve. If, if it tastes sweet, you don't want them eating it. Okay, okay. the, the surest sign. Good then? Well, popcorn's fine as long as it's cooked in the right oils. Once yeah. again, that's another one I should do a comparison on. Um, as long as it's cooked in the right oils, then it's fine. Um, so as long as the fats are right and it doesn't taste sweet, then you're all good. And you'll find that there's actually quite a lot of things that fit into that category. Like you could have a pie and chips if the if the as long as you don't put tomato sauce on it uh, and the chips are cooked in animal fat, not um, deep fried in seed oil. Very hard to get chips in it anywhere that are not cooked in, in you, seed You oil. can't if you buy them out outdoors, but we have chips all the time here because um, we just buy them frozen. The pre-cooking, the first cook that is done on frozen chips actually absorbs very, very little of the fat. It's the second cook uh, where you deep fry them. Uh, so your average takeaway gets big bags of frozen chips that have very little fat in them at all, dunk them in seed oil, and then serve them to you, and they're full of seed oil. Yeah. Uh, if you do at home, if you buy the frozen chips and fry them in animal fat, uh, which you can buy from your supermarket, Super Fry, it's a 
bread cube of fat, it's um, beef fat. Um, you just fry that in on the stove and you can cook your own chips. They're mm. better than anything you could buy out and much crisper and nicer tasting uh, and much better for you. I just pop mine in the oven and don't put any oil on them. Well, you can do that too. Yeah, if you're happy with that, um, our kids, now that they've had chips fried in beef fat, yeah. are not happy with something that's been done in the oven. But yes, absolutely. Right. Okay. Put them in the oven. Okay. Yeah, then you're not adding any fat to them. Yeah. Um, so that. yeah, even better. Now, I, I agreed with 99.9% of things you wrote in Sweet Poison and, and, and consequent books. But there was one thing you said that uh, sugar caused varicose veins. Now, that I, I'm a bit, I was a bit shocked by that one. Um, so I don't know whether that needs another little look at the evidence for that one. I, I haven't. I can't remember that passage at all. You're the first person who's even asked me about it. Um, so I don't know. I don't all the arterial stuff, I'm with you. Like, they, I, yeah. you know, all of this stuff, I totally agree, is a major if I, if inflammatory I say that, cause of, of atherosclerosis. But, yeah, varicose veins are more genetic and got to do with professions and people standing up for too long, 30 million years ago. Uh, yeah, look, to stand I... Up. I'm, I'm incapable of making stuff like that up. So okay. if I put that in a book, um, it, it will be referenced. Um, so, uh, you know, it will, I've gotten it from somewhere. Now, yeah. maybe it's right and maybe it's not. Uh, I'm, I'm also not incapable of being wrong. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's I haven't looked at it since I wrote it, clearly. I, I don't even recall it. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, happy to look at it again. And I, I just, I was just thinking, and I just wanted to, it's actually going back a little bit, but when we were talking about the, for example, I love, I love that not only did you say that, you know, the sugar farmers shouldn't be, you know, we should get rid of the sugar yeah. farmers, but you actually gave your, you've thought of what the solution is there, you know, cause it's all well yeah. and good to say, you know, stop you know, get rid of the cigarette factories or whatever, but mm. th these are livelihoods, you know, in San Cristobal, yes. where you're talking about yeah. that, the bubbly cola factories, you know, what are those people doing then mm. once that's gone? So I love that. But one of the things I'm just wondering as well is where do we start in the process though? Say if we rule the world, is the first process actually getting the you know our source companies you know the tomato sauce Heinz and stuff to actually stop putting sugar in it where's where's the start where's the chicken and which is which is the chicken and which is the egg sort of thing you have to you have to start with people wanting it to change mm -hmm. uh so when when the sort of first wave of sugar fanaticism uh started uh, uh sarah wilson uh became quite popular for a while there with her quit sugar um things and uh, when that was happening, a lot of source companies did come out with zero sugar sources. Um, you can't buy them now. Uh, they pulled them off the shelves. Uh, and the reason they pulled them off the shelves is that there's enough of an, after, an aftertaste from using an artificial sweetener, which is what they were doing, mm. um, that the customer is saying, I, I'm not buying that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to consume that. And, and the result is that the company stopped making them. So um, until, a until the customers demand products that don't have sugar in them, uh, they're not going to change. Um, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying in marketing, when 6% when of the market uh, cares about something, you've got to change your marketing. Uh, when 20% care about something, you've got to change what you're doing. 
Um, so I feel like, I feel like that just brought, that sort of just did a little circle for me anyway, Yeah. you know, and then, cause when we're saying, what can you do today or what can you do, you know, what can you do in your life tomorrow to make a change? Mm. It's not just me going and looking in my pantry. It's me then making a concerted effort to stop buying those things you know yeah. and like yeah. it's 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 showing that we have the power it's taking the power back oh yeah abso- absolutely if if enough people don't buy products that are full of sugar or seed oils um they'll stop making them they're, mm. they're in business to make a profit um and yes the big picture is it's harder to make a profit if you don't put sugar in your food mm. uh but uh it's also hard to do it if nobody's buying your product Mm. What what kind of impact do you think, you know, that this knowledge is having now? Like we're 10 years down the track. Um, there that is certainly out there in the public consciousness, but is it having an impact in reality in the supermarkets? Uh it is, it is ever so slowly. Um, it is um uh so for example, uh, soft drink manufacturers like Coca-Cola are, are having a bad decade. Um you know, they're having to change their product mix. At the moment, they've got the life raft of uh, fruit juices because the public awareness isn't quite there on fruit juices yet. People yeah. don't understand that fruit juice is just really, really boring Coke. Mm. Um, you know, it just doesn't have the bubbles, but it does have as much sugar. Mm. And um, that's starting to get out, but it's yeah. it's early days. So at the moment, uh, soft drink manufacturers have juices as a life raft. Uh, their other life raft is that they're moving more towards just waters, um, so fizzy water, just plain water, and that's an that's an ever increasing market share yeah. for them. But the fact that they're having to change mm. says something straight yeah. away. The yeah. the fact that there are, in fact, sugar free options in a lot of food categories yeah. that simply weren't there ten years ago yeah. um, means that it's starting to be enough that people can make money out of offering a sugar-free option um but we're still got a way to go yet Look, I think and part lot, of the reason for that is, is that our, our no, i was well, going to say a lot of this has is, got to do with you david you know you've, uh, you've I, I mean that, that that's very generous of you but i i don't think one voice can change right. anything yeah. um you know it, it's Two it's got to be a lot of people <laughs> uh, it's it's got to be a lot of people saying the same thing people have got to hear this message mm. from lots of people not just from one crazy dude who wrote a book 10 years ago um, lots of lots it, of one you know, voices make a big voice yeah that's the whole that's point. right that's yeah. it that's it well, well and I, in particular we start to need to get authorities to to say the same thing you know yeah. when people start hearing this from the heart foundation mm. or from the government or from the dietitians, mm. none of which are yet saying this um then people will start hearing it one of the saddest things david is um you know the the dietetics control i guess in hospitals and well just the cheapness of food in hospitals and i guess a lot of institutions but um, I see, you know, hundred grams of sugar for a breakfast, you know, for a lot mm. of my patients, and I, it's, it makes me cry. I just, particularly given why they're there in the first place. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's uh, look, diet. If the processed food industry, look, if dietitians didn't exist, the processed food industry would have had to invent them. Um, they're, they're an excellent way to sell product, um, and at the moment, there are there are big part of the problem not the solution 
there, there's other sort of movements though in sort of new, nutritional advice type people, sort of personal coach type people that are aware of sugar issues, I think. And um, oh, definitely. maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. even gone yeah. too far. I mean, there's the, the keto paleo. What do you kind of make of that type of more extreme uh, sort of approach? Maybe? Um, I, I think it is extreme in the sense that it advocates for eliminating carbohydrates entirely in many cases. Um, it has some really good features in that it tells you not to consume seed oils and not to consume sugar. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, telling you not to eat carbohydrates. Uh, look, great if you want to be a bodybuilder. Very important advice if you want to be a bodybuilder. Um, for everybody else, not really good advice um, because carbohydrate metabolism is probably more influenced by I don't know, the, the number of, uh, you know, genes on your AMY, genetic, whatever it is, the, the starch processing mm -hmm. uh, alleole or whatever it is, I, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. And, and, and telling everyone that the low-carb diet is the, the solution to mankind's ills, I think is distracting. Sure. Um, uh, and, and consumes a lot of effort uh, yeah. and noise uh without seriously progressing us forward because the things we really need to stop are the sugar and the seed oils yeah i agree but I agree. that being said of all the mainstream diets that's the one that stops both of those so mm -hmm. you know if that's it then that's it yeah so david Thank you so much. Tell us a bit about what you're up to now, what you've been writing about and researching. And I know you're always onto an, an, a fabulous new topic and, as well, but tell us a bit what, about what you're doing, how people can get hold of your work. Um, yeah, give us, give us the run. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, just this very day, um, I signed a contract for the next book, uh, which is about, uh, it's actually taking a, a book that I did a few years ago, 2006, 17, uh, I think, uh, about uh, uh, taming toxic people, which is about working with psychopaths. Um, uh, and this one gets drills into that in a, in a lot more detail and starts to, it was a book like Sweet Poison. It was focused on the science of it. What do we know about psychopaths? What do we know about how they're made up and how their brains are wired? Uh, can they be changed? All that sort of thing. Um, this book is about let's take all that science and apply it in real life. If you're working for a psychopath, how do you deal with it? Um, how do you stop them destroying your life forever? Which is what they will do. Um, so um, that's that's the next book. Um, yeah. And in terms of, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I've written, I think 13 books now. Wow. And um, they're, uh, so I think you Got said one. before, what, what was one of the benefits? Was... Yeah, there's one. But now I'm, that I'm one's gonna say, you better say what that, it is. That's a Toxic I bought oil. many of your books. Uh, toxic oil, yes. I've given away um, many of your books too, so to people and friends and excellent. family. So. That one's a collector's edition. Don't give that one away because <laughs> that one's no longer in print. No? Okay. <laughs> um, the, I updated that in a book that uh, came out um, uh, last year, no, two years ago now, uh, called The Good Fat Guide, which is that updated and with some more practical information in there about how to pick where the fats are yeah. um so uh yeah look you can get them look amazon's as good a place as any uh, anywhere that sells books mostly um is is the the way to go um 
And uh, if you want to see the latest, whatever I'm thinking about, uh, I often write articles about it, stuff I'm thinking about at the time. Um, then my Facebook page, which is just my name, David Gillespie, uh, you can just go there. Great. Uh, and I even sometimes reply to people on that page. Um. <laughs> I noticed no, because I, I noticed because that was with the with the um, the CCs one. Then some a woman yeah. had actually asked about what about the Woolworths brand, and you got back yeah. to her on that. And I went, well, that's really cool. But I was <laughs> I must say one of the ones that one of the books that I'm looking forward to reading, and I was actually. I have no idea whether it's going to answer this or not, but I'm actually planning on maybe giving it to my 14-year-old as well, your free schools. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, because, I thought you were going to say teen brain, but yeah. No, free schools, yeah. actually the free <laughs> schools, because I thought yeah. I really like, well, just in the synopsis of that, talking about how, you know, paying a fortune for a yeah. school does not necessarily get you the best education. No, and that book is all about how to tell. Um, so how do you tell? By looking at a school from the outside, what are the ones? Because I'm not saying all schools you pay for are bad and all schools you no. don't pay for are good. That's nonsense. Um, they're all a variety. Uh, and what that book is about is figuring out which is which and figuring out which is a good school. And if you can find something that's a good school that you don't have to pay for, then that's the one you should send your kids to. Right. Mm. Is there anything in your life that you do not research? <laughs> uh, just, I, 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 uh, sometimes I really regret not researching things earlier. Um, you know, I sometimes I just take things as being true without looking at them. Uh, seed oils is a great example of that. I should have looked at that a lot earlier. Um, that is really, really dangerous stuff. Um, and it makes sugar look like a walk in the park. And um, my frustration with that at the moment is I still haven't figured out a way to communicate that in a way that someone really understands it. <laughs> um, but uh, that's one I wished I'd picked up earlier. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm, I must admit, because, yeah, well, as a mum, I didn't know a lot about the, I, I knew that you shouldn't cook, um, you know, yeah, I use the coconut oil and the olive oil, but I never thought about what oils were in the actual other products that mm. I'm using. So I look at that I, on every label. Well, I know, well, <laughs> I, I haven't been looking at that. So uh, but I unfortunately, hope. it's really uninformative. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of the time, they just don't say. Right. They say vegetable oil, which could be anything. It could yeah. be anything. Well, I'm hopefully, yeah. hopefully in podcasts like this and having chats like this, um, well, Definitely my mum friends anyway are all going to be, we're all going to be discussing this the next time we sit down and have a chat <laughs> to, to, to start figuring out some of this stuff and, um, and getting it right, feeling yeah. like you're doing your best job. So yeah, I, I, look, really I, I think it, look, it. the seed oil one to me is vitally important, particularly for kids. Um, this is cumulative, non-reversible and extremely dangerous. Um, right. And uh, because the results of this are, you know, actual genetic changes, uh, you know, uh, significantly increasing the risk of cancer, significantly decreasing the risk of reproduction, um, significantly increasing the risk of some really, really horrible diseases. Um, and, uh, and to me, that's the thing that really needs a headline at the moment. Not to say that sugar isn't bad. Sugar is very bad. But this really 
pushes way past sugar because this this can be intergenerational. The, the things that are done with seed oils in adults, in parents' lives, can affect their children, um, not because of what they're eating in their household, but because of what they ate before the child was born. Wow. Um, so this is... To me, something that has that kind of effect absolutely has to be called out. And worse than that, rather than with sugar. So the Heart Foundation, just with sugar, the Heart Foundation said, we never told people they should eat sugar, which is true. They haven't ever told people they should eat sugar. Um, they've just never told them not to. Mm, um, it's incredible, really. With, with, with seed oils, they actively tell you to eat this stuff. They oh. tell you to buy margarine. Yeah. They tell you to get rid of saturated fat and replace with polyunsaturated fat. They're yeah. actively doing you harm. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's even worse. Mm. Gosh. Well, before we before we say goodbye, it just, oh, well. Well, we never checked in. So uh, well, that's we what I was going to say. Ah. That's exactly what I was going to say. We need to check out. <laughs> well, I was, I'll, I'll start the checkout to give David. How are you checking out? How am I checking out? Suzanne. I feel like you have blown my mind, David. I'm really, <laughs> I'm so grateful that we've spoken to you today. Um, and yeah, because I mean, I must admit, I was thinking it was going to be a lot about sugar stuff, but the seed oils and that, I didn't know any of that, uh, you know, that has really, um, that's like a little aha moment for me. So I'm really grateful for that. So um, it's been a, it's taken three tries for us to get this podcast going, but I'm very, I'm very <laughs> yes. grateful. I'm sorry to be so difficult about it. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> we all had it. We all played a part in it. Yeah. So that's how I'm checking out. Fantastic. What about you, David? How are you checking out? Now, uh, so what's checking out again? Well, to be, we were supposed to check in, which was to say how we're feeling, how we, how is today, you know, where we've come from, what, how, what are our emotions right now? So we want, we want you to. Oh, okay. To uh, oh, emotions. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy most of the time, honestly. Um, I'm especially happy today because I've just been commissioned to write a new book. Uh, so, so that's a good thing, uh, and it's about something that I'm really interested in. Mm. Um, the, uh, so that's good uh yeah being able to talk to you guys uh look I, i've uh I, you know this has been a great chat um really has and uh, i've enjoyed it uh so that's good uh trying to think if there's anything negative going on at the moment i, I can't think of anything other than my usual irritating children uh, i was gonna say you have six kids and you cannot think of anything <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I can think of a lot of things, but uh, none, none, they wouldn't appreciate me mentioning any of yeah, them on it. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. Well, how, how are you checking well, out, Richard? I'm, I'm actually really good. I, it, was a, it was an incredibly busy day today. And, but to finish it, or just to, to meet really one, one of the guys I actually admire so much and I'm very thankful that my daughter handed me your book all those years ago and it clicked in my mind reading that. And I, I drove people nuts for months and months and months <laughs> and even years. Um, uh, I'm, well, know, so I'm, did I before I wrote it because I'd <laughs> done this four years before I wrote the book. Right. And it was only because I was so irritating about it yeah. that a friend of mine said, you know, you really should write this down. And what I think oh, he meant funny. by that was, so you would shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't think he meant then turn it into a book and then keep talking about it for the next decade. He, I think he meant that will get it out of his system. Um, so yeah, I know where you're coming from. So look, I'm very, very happy to, to have kind of met you. We've had little um, 
back and forths over the years on Twitter and and you've always been very supportive and very uh, friendly and helpful and and full of information. And yeah, I just uh, really admire you. So well done for everything you've done and keep writing and keep being motivated and to educate people. It's wonderful what you're doing and what you've done. And, oh, I really and, think you're on the right and what side. you're doing, uh, you know, this is a great idea doing this podcast. Uh, and look, I would say in relation to Twitter, um, if at first I don't respond to you, try again because <laughs> I, I, I just, I am terrible with all the messaging platforms. You know, I, I, I have about, I, I recall seeing messages and thinking now, where did I see that? Was that in Instagram or was that in Facebook or was it in Messenger or was it a text or was it an email? And it's always a good idea. If you really need to talk to me, just do it again. So we're going to put this on YouTube. Um, we're mm-hmm. going to put this on Spotify and Apple podcast and Google podcast and a whole bunch of Amazon other. music. Yeah. So, you know, we'll do our best to, to get, the word out um, because I think you're a fascinating guest and we've got such important things to, to tell people. So we'll do our best to, to get this out there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, oh. for joining us. It's thank you. Really yeah, absolute wonderful. pleasure. It was great to meet you both. Yeah. Well, in video form anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully in real life one day. Cool. That's right. You, you're Sydney based. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, definitely. Next time, if I'm ever in Sydney ever again, I don't Let know. know. <laughs> haven't travelled anywhere for two years, so who knows? <laughs> we That's have right. a beer. I was one of the things I loved about Sweet Poison was that a beer was okay and a red yeah, wine was fine. okay. Yeah, beer's fine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you got to avoid the cocktail. If it doesn't taste sweet, <laughs> you're fine. With <laughs> no more margaritas. <laughs> it's okay. If I can have the wine and beer, I'm okay. I can do without the margaritas then. And on that note, I will I will stop the recording and we'll we'll say okay. Good evening. Thanks so much. Dan. Thank you for See joining. You later. Us Thanks everyone. for having me. If you enjoyed today's podcast of Voices to Dream, please rate, follow, and share. <laughs>